Welcome to another installment of our top five ecosystem insights series here on the Global Startup Movement. I'm your host, Andrew Berkowitz. And in this series, we dig through our hundreds of interviews from all around the world to bring you the top insights on a specific region or country's startup ecosystem. And today our focus is on Canada, where two of the top 25 cities in the global startup rankings, which include Toronto and Vancouver, are located. And our first insight comes to us from Mark Organ, who is a serial entrepreneur who has founded six companies, raised more than 15 rounds of financing, and has hired over 250 people. He founded Eloqua in Toronto in 1999, which he eventually sold to Oracle in 2007 before starting his next venture, Influitive. He's one of Toronto's most successful entrepreneurs in the modern-day startup world. And here's Mark giving us a lay of the land on how Toronto has evolved and grown since 2000. In the early 2000s, most of the venture capital in Toronto were actually labor-sponsored funds, which is nuts. Um, I don't even know if they're around anymore. But these are like labor unions that have started, you know, pool their capital together and to invest in companies. The reason why that works is there's like a tax benefit that you get for investing in the labor-sponsored fund. It's the most cockamamie thing ever. And, but that was like the main venture capital scene. So the venture capital scene was incredibly... I don't know what the word is, you know, dysfunctional, embryonic, I don't know, bunch of words that describe incredibly immature. And in fact, most of those firms are all, they're all gone. Like they, they're all, they've all blown up. So, you know, today the venture capital scene in Toronto is incredibly sophisticated. So the local funds are not just here in Toronto, but they are successful in investing in the United States and even around the world, right? So both of our major investors are Series A and our Series B investors, Relay Ventures and Georgian Partners. I mean, both of them win big deals away from Silic- you know, Sand Hill Road firms in the U.S. That would have been unthinkable even 10 years ago. And even a number of our other investors, same thing. They invest on both sides of the border. So that, that never happened before. Um, also, there's a lot more high-quality U.S. VC money that's up here in Toronto. I mean, every week I get an email from someone on Sand Hill Road saying, hey, I've heard Toronto's on fire. We're coming up. Like, what's, you know, show us around. So, you know, all the big boys and girls are here in Toronto from Sand Hill Road, from New York, from London. You know, Toronto's really arrived. So, so capital's there. The other thing that's very exciting is you've got people that are – uh, third or even fourth generation software entrepreneurs now, right? So you might call me a second generation, right? I've had one exit a decade ago and, and now working on the other one. But you've got folks like Daniel DeBose, like working on his third and David Ossip is working on his fourth. And, um, you know, so you've got these people that have been successful in the past. And um, one of the things that's actually quite special about Toronto ecosystem that I love is that people are really giving back, right? These people who have had success are starting companies again and they are investing in each other's companies, which is true of me. I've invested in a number of Toronto startups and they've invested a number of these entrepreneurs uh, have invested uh, in mine and, um, and provide more than just money, but mentorship and advice and um, connections and all kinds of other really useful things. So I think, you know, the, the two things well, there's three things I think you need for a startup ecosystem to really thrive. Uh, I mentioned the first two, you know, sophistication and capital, 
repeat entrepreneurs and, and repeat executives, you know, startup executives who've scaled up multiple companies. And, and the third is availability of talent, which I think Toronto had back then too. Lots of great developers in particular coming out of the universities. Another change though I would say is that in 2001, 2002, you know, it would be extraordinarily difficult to find a world-class VP of marketing, VP of sales, VP of business development, you know, that sort of thing in Toronto. It'd be very, very difficult. Um, th sure, there were people out there who did it, but they weren't uh, at the level of like a Silicon Valley uh, type executive. That has really changed now, right? So we have a VP of sales that's in Toronto who can compete with anybody. Uh, we have a VP of customer success here who's as good or better than, you know, what we're going to find in, in Boston or in, or in Silicon Valley. Um, so, so that's exciting. There still are talent shortages like BD. There's a big shortage here in Toronto. There's a shortage of marketing talent in Toronto, surprisingly, given how many great marketing software companies there are here. Um, but there, there is more go to market talent, much more now than there was, uh, 15 years ago, which, so you've got really all the ingredients right now in Toronto for things to go really supernova. In 2017, the Canadian government signed the Innovation Superclusters Initiative, which earmarked up to 950 million US dollars to support business-led innovation superclusters over five years from 2017 to 2022. This initiative was meant to strengthen up to five of Canada's most promising innovation clusters and build business-led innovation superclusters at scale across the country. Our next insight comes from Mark McLean from Montreal International, who worked to make Montreal the definitive supercluster for artificial intelligence in Canada, take a listen to his insight on how the superclusters initiative has helped to shape the evolution of the Montreal ecosystem. The way we present the supercluster initiatives and the way we like, again, I'm the salesman for Montreal, I present Montreal, so I really focus on that angle of it. But the federal government set up these superclusters, like you were saying, across Canada. They set up clusters in areas and in, in uh, geographic areas that made sense for the cluster. So on the East Coast, there's an oceanography supercluster. Uh, like I said, in Edmonton, there is the energy supercluster. In Vancouver, it is the, I forget exactly how they term it, but the web cluster, like the, the, the software cluster. What happened is that Montreal, we weren't the only city to bid on one. I know there were two, bit, two different AI bids. But when they went to the government and said, we want the AI supercluster when the, this organizing committee or one of the committees went to the government and said, no, you can't have the AI cluster because AI is too broad. It's going to touch absolutely everything. You need to have an area of focus. So what happens is that they did what they're calling now scale AI, the supply chain and logistics expertise supercluster. But what it ends up being is the AI supercluster is headquartered in Montreal, right? It gives us, again, that calling card when we approach companies, when we say, look, when you want to talk about AI, it's not us that say Montreal is the best. It's our friend Justin Trudeau. It's the government of Canada who came in and said the headquarters for the only AI-focused supercluster. And I want to say the only AI-focused one because every other supercluster, if, if you believe what AI is going to accomplish, and I sincerely do, I think most people do, there's going to have an aspect of AI integrated in it. Us, it is the AI-headed supercluster. This is the only one that's really focused on AI research and specifically AI research for supply chains. So what's happened is they've come in, they've changed Montreal. So with the startup ecosystem, it is exploding and we're seeing a number of different accelerators, incubators, really leveraging and focusing on AI because we have that core talent in Montreal, especially behind uh, McGill and University of Montreal, where we have these world, world-class researchers that are all getting 
associated to different major companies worldwide. Like deep, we have researchers from DeepMind here, Google, Facebook, Samsung, uh, like you can keep naming, they're, they're all associated to different uh, teams in Montreal and we almost get a name weekly. But what's happening is all these researchers and all these people have, have stayed in Montreal, right? They're, they're, and I use, you can pick any of them, they've probably got offered, not talk for myself, I don't know what your salary is, but 10 times my salary to go anywhere in the world to work. Uh, and they've all stayed in Montreal. They believe in Montreal, they wanna build the ecosystem here. So they're all dedicating their time to building these startups to understand how important it is. What's interesting and important not to forget about Canada is that there is a Francophone, French native speaking region. This is mostly centered in Quebec, where French is the official and majority language. Despite this and its regional isolation, Quebec City surprisingly has developed its own thriving ecosystem, including being home to one of Canada's unicorn companies, Ledar Tech. I was fortunate enough to sit down with Ledar Tech's CEO at the time, Charles Boulanger, to better understand why Ledar Tech is located in Quebec City instead of one of Canada's major cities. You know, we're, we're sort of the end of the road. Some people say, you know, because people know Montreal and Toronto and, you know, uh, and it's a little further and, you know, it's, it's only towers from Montreal, but still, you know, people are more used to that. And also Quebec City is, is really in Quebec is the pure French Canadian. And because it speaks French, really, while in Montreal, you have 40% of the population that speaks English. You can, but in Quebec City, living in English is more, much more difficult. Right. People, for tourists, it's very good. But, I mean, living in day, uh, every day in English is just not the case. So uh, that's probably why it's less, less known. Uh, but we have a lot of technology in Quebec City. We have large research centers in, in, in health and, you know, in bio, biotech, as a matter of fact, and uh, optics and photonics and electronics. There's, there's, these are two main hubs. There are a few others, but these are certainly main hubs. And we have the second largest research center in optics photonics in the world. With Laval University is 45,000 students and uh, attract students from all the, the world in francophone students from all around the world. And uh, we have also a military base with research centers, so a few things, elements that create an ecosystem that is really uh, adapted for developing high tech. So yeah. we have in software, software application, you know, gaming type of software, embedded software, optic photonics, and, uh, you know, biotech. This is a well-renowned place. And, uh, and there is benefit to be here, you know, a more stable uh, workforce because French Canadians tend to be less mobile than English Canadians and, and American, maybe language uh, issue. But also I think it's, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's very cultural. French Canadians are reattached to their, their, their way of, at right. least what they pretend to be a way of living. Um, so, uh, so, and the cost of living is much less than it would be in the, in, even in Toronto or, you know, greater, big, big centers, certainly much more, than, uh, much less than, than Silicon Valley or the U.S. Canadian dollar is, you know, is you got 30 cents in the dollar. So you, you go a longer way with your dollar here than you would go elsewhere. There's some downside because you're fairly a little more remote from your customer base or some partnership. So you have to compensate on other elements. But there's nothing perfect, you know, uh, wherever you are, you're missing one, of, one piece of the puzzle is just to make the best of it. Even though Canadian startup activity is top-heavy in Toronto and Vancouver, Canada's lesser-known regions still have startups. And one of Canada's largest ever international acquisitions was a startup that was located in the more rural eastern region of the country. Up next, we have Rivers Corbett, who is a champion of entrepreneurship all throughout Canada and the host of the Startup Canada podcast, giving us an idea of where the leading clusters of startup activity are developing outside of the major cities. Toronto and Vancouver still continue to, you know, lead the country with regards to activity, focus, 
funding, you know, interest because because the numbers ultimately drive that. Uh, so that's, that's those are two cities that are attractive. They're great cities, so on. But in the region that I live in, which is uh, you dr- drive up the ninety five and you just keep going right through the border, that's where uh, that's where I'm at. And the region to all all of that and to our right into Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland is really becoming a hotbed for technological companies, as an example. Um, There is a significant amount of government resources funding that is very aggressive in helping businesses start and grow. Uh, so uh, in my own city, Fredericton, New Brunswick, uh, is uh, is an up-and-coming city that has doing some amazing stuff. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of Salesforce. Uh, one of the uh, one of our companies here uh, was actually bought by them. I think it was actually one of the biggest purchases in uh, in Canadian history at the time that it was done. You know, we've got an amazing talent base. We've got an amazing uh, companies that are that are building just incredible products. So that's a city, uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is just above Minnesota, would uh, be another another uh, place that is uh, really doing some some crazy stuff. And Montreal's there too. So those are just uh, and Halifax is another one that's uh, that's really got some amazing stuff happening. So there's there's about five or six of them that I would say. But you know, in, in, when I think about answering the question, there's still a lot of little communities that are doing amazing stuff. Also, you know, popular five thousand people. They're getting good industries that are coming in uh, and are being built there through the uh, as, as part of the uh, the startup ecosystem. But those are the, those are the five uh, five main ones that I would reference that you guys would uh, would be would, would be on your radar. And finally, we have Marie Chevre, who is the founder and CEO of a Toronto and New York based company, Sampler, finishing this installment off with the weaknesses that persist throughout the country's ecosystems, along with some positivity on how Canadians can overcome their setbacks. I'd say that we need more support in making sure that our companies grow all the way to IPO or all the way to being like those massive companies that acquire other companies so we are really really good we we and and like any like growing ecosystem I think we were really good at having good wins like we have some really good wins but we need the community needs to come together and you know mentor each other to ensure that you know we're not we're not selling our companies too early or we're, we're not thinking too small like instead of being the one that gets acquired being the one that acquires and I mean, it's not it's not just on the funding side, right? I think it's it's all about an attitude, too. And I see personally that I seek validation a lot from like people that have been through it before me. So until there's like a thousand examples of Canadian or Toronto based companies that have taken their companies to like a complete home run and, you know, the examples ahead of us like sometimes it can be tougher it could be a tougher road ahead so yeah so like I I would say like if I was to speak to the community if if you're in a situation where you did build this um, like home run and and there's an opportunity for you to go and mentor companies that might be three to five years into their company into what is what are the things that you need to think about now if you you're in it for the long run and and kind of give back that way So there you go. 
five insights from five rock stars in Canada's bustling and diverse startup ecosystems. I hope you enjoyed this compilation, and please feel free to reach out to me at andrew at the gsm.co to let me know what region, country, or continent you'd like for us to do a deep dive into on our next Top 5 Ecosystem Insight Series installment.